Well, hey there. I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we are here to converse with you Shall this we? fine evening with the coming at you with the production value of a 1977 Volvo. <laughs> coming at you. Let's jump in here. <laughs> Well, hey, we are here to converse today about his message. We started a series on Romans. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be litty, as the kids <laughs> say these days. Actually, they don't say that. I say that. It's about to say. Yeah. I don't know what they say anymore. <laughs> it's going to be bussin'. Is that, um, is that a that thing? That is a thing. Yeah. Bussin'. Not as much of a thing as I've made it to be, but it's a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Romans, is, um, Romans is, a, is a terrific book, and I think that it's, you know, it's influenced you know, a lot in a deep way. I mean, I yeah. think the church fathers, you know, they spent a lot of time in it. Um, not that they super matter in the grand scheme of, you know, theological thinking, I guess. I think some people put a lot of stock in the church fathers. I would say some people think that they really, really matter. Yeah. Like that's everything to them. Yeah. <laughs> Augustine, if you're watching, I think that you matter. I just think that <laughs> some people put a little bit too much stock in what you say. Is it Augustine or Augustine? I guess it depends on where you come from. Here <laughs> yeah. in the Bullies Quarters, I'm going to call him Augustine. Hey there, St. Augustine. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your ministry in the Word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, anyway, you know, Romans is a, is really, it's a really deep book. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to get lost in. Um, you know, if you're not careful, you know, if you read Romans for the first time ever, you may come through the other side like, wow, I'm either more confused or I hold very different viewpoints than I did before I read Romans. Right. Um, and so our goal with this podcast, yes, it's a sermon companion, but we just want to uh, offer you some tips to help healthfully study the Bible with you as you go along this journey. Yeah, I think this is a, a unique turning point in our church's life and history. And mm-hmm. for us, it's uh, and I mentioned it on Sunday. I don't know that we've been ready for it yet. And, and even in this uh, and I think by saying that, it's not that we're withholding scripture, withholding tech, not until you're ready. <laughs> you ain't ready for um, it yet. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> that one commercial. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's more of just a, a maturity standpoint and seeing, um, you know, the, the growth points of where the Spirit of God leads us. And he just hasn't led there yet. And yeah. so it was pretty clear that that's where he was leading. And I was excited about that. I love the book. I love Paul. Um, I think that was evident on Sunday. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, it has to fit our context. It has to fit where we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's this balance of how much do we wade in in those theological weeds? Uh, how much of the debates do we pull back the curtain on and show the differences? Um, and so I, I'm wrestling with that even today and, and where I'm at in, in this study because, um, you know, I, I feel like there is... Um, a thing, and we've, we've talked about it on here before, where the scholarship and those conversations and what's peer-reviewed doesn't make it into the pulpits maybe as often as it should. Yeah, um, agreed. And or pastors that don't know or don't research and, and read those things. So I think that it's a balance. I'm not trying to present just one view to you, but I also don't want it to be uh, that half the audience or more than half is completely lost, you know, Mm -hmm. when we discuss these things. So, uh, we're going to take our time. We're going to go through it methodically and, you know, scripture by scripture, um, and kind of walk through and let it build. And when we encounter some of those tensions, uh, some of them I'm going to leave unresolved, 
Yeah. And and just here 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 they are. You know, here are a few a few different ways that we could walk uh, away from this text and still be on the same team. Mm-hmm. Here's a few different perspectives uh, of looking at this that neither of which uh, remove you from the family of God, right? Uh, and so we'll talk through and work through some of those tensions. Um, and some of you, I think, uh, my prayer is is that this study is what it should be for everyone. Yeah. And uh, for some of you, this will hopefully perfectly ignite um, a season of studying, a season where you're maybe going to engage with the Word of God uh, on a different level from this point moving forward. Yes. Which would be exciting <laughs> if it was only one of you or or two or three um, within our congregation. And this is something that you move into a season where you're like, man, I, I see this. I understand that there's so much more here uh, and I'm going to dive in. Great. Fantastic. Or if this is just, uh, you know, you basically do a small devotion every day and you come and, and you're inspired and uh, your faith is is built and lifted up through this study. Great. Wonderful. Uh, so wherever you land, uh, I think this, as long as you're praying through it with us and you're uh, seeking the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit uh, to show you and reveal to you what the Lord has for you, I think this is going to be, it's going to be a success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you made a really good point out of the gate where you were like, listen, you know, Romans is a, and I have an excerpt from, uh, it's a Douglas J. Moo excer- excerpt from the New Bible Commentary. Old Moo. Uh, which is uh, one that I, l- I like to read. Um, but, you know, he has a reminder in there similar to what you said that Romans is not a, you know, we look at it in our context like, oh, the book of Romans. You know, this is, a, this is where we get systematic theology from. But you made a good point that, like, the reality is this is a, you know, this is a letter it's written a letter. written by a dude in yeah. a specific historical context, written to mm-hmm. uh, a specific group of people. Yeah, you know, and it's important to read it as a yes, it's a divine work, but it's also a very uniquely human work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know it's a divine work because if any other letter in the history of the world was held up to the scrutiny that Paul's letters are, you know, it's you know they wouldn't they wouldn't hold up. Like there's just something, right. there's just something there when you read it. Yeah, you know, you don't, you know, from the outside looking in, you may not know what it is, but you're like, man, this is uh, this is really on point. Yeah, and yeah. you know, Romans is one of those things where you know we're going to get to places and like what you said, you know, there's there's a couple ways that things can be received, and I think that the wisest thing that we can do is not try to compartmentalize some of these things. Yeah, you know, sometimes we just we just have to let the text be what it is and just sit there. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the point, you know, it's mm-hmm. meditation literature. Like mm. if you, if you hit something that's confusing, which is going to happen within the first chapter uh, or the second chapter. Well, yeah, the first chapter has got some doozies in there. Yeah. Um, but you're going to see that. And instead of drawing a conclusion right away, uh, sit in that joint for mm, a little bit. Think joint. about it for a couple days sit in that joint. Yeah, because it's, you know, that's what it's for. Um, yeah. You know, the way these letters are designed and, and, you know, there is a book that I've been wanting to read called Reading Romans Backwards, and nice. I think it's a Scott McKnight book. I just bought it. Did you? That's the one that's coming. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm going to buy it, too. I've been wanting to no, read it for, just, like, it months. Just, no, you can, you can take this one after I'm done with it, but it's, um, yeah, I bought two outside of the ones I had already been reading to kind of, like, get started. And mm. I asked, what was sh- the other shout one? out to um, Scott Mercer, I asked him. Mm. Uh, and he recommended Romans for Everybody in T-Wright, which yeah. is on my desk, mm-hmm. and reading Romans backwards. Uh. Reading Romans backwards. Does that so- it sounds yeah. weird? <laughs> I, I've always been intrigued by the, yeah. I think the... And I- it is Scott McKnight. Uh, 
It is Brian McKnight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dark Knight, actually, yeah. is who it is. How many nights can we come up with? Uh, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, what no was more. That movie? <laughs> what was that movie with, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, he's funny, dude. Lawrence, Martin Lawrence. Oh! Um, the Black Knight? Uh, <laughs> or no. Are you talking about Wild Hogs, the Harley movie? No. Oh. It was a night movie. Well, he's in that movie, too. Yeah, he's in that one, too. He's in a lot of movies. The Black Knight. I feel like, yeah. This just took a racist turn. Uh, (laughs) I think that's what it was. I forget which one it was. You referenced somebody by their skin color? Racist. (laughs) No, I I think that's the name of the movie. He's hilarious. Love that guy. He's (laughs) funny. Martin, I really wish he was in more stuff. I feel like he's kind of like off the radar now. Now he is, but he was in a ton of stuff. He was. I feel like who Kevin Hart is today is like... Uh, who Martin Lawrence was good in, the, analogy. in the movie scene. Yeah, yeah. good analogy. That, or at least that's how I feel. Let us know if you feel different. Um, yeah. But if you do feel different, Love I, that I guy, don't care. Though. Hilarious. Um, yeah, he's great. <laughs> um, where are we going with that? Oh, Scott McKnight. Yeah. Is the, so is the overall premise of the book like... I don't, I don't even know. Okay. I can answer nothing about it. I just know it was recommended. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to read it. I'm going to get it digitally and jump yeah. it. Was it available digital? I think so. Okay, cool. It was not... Neither of them were audio. Mm. So I just ordered paperback. Some of the good ones never are. And That's right. Dog on it. I can't lazy read it. I know. <laughs> well, I, I like to put on the audio and do the, the... I like to read a book while I'm listening to the audio. Yeah. And a lot of times when I do that, I can ramp up the speed. Yeah. And, you know... Help you speed read a little bit. Yeah, I can take it in mm. a lot faster. One day when we all have Neuralink, you can just front load that <laughs> and it's there. Well, my mind works a lot faster than my comprehension mm-hmm. and, like, the intake, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just probably my ADD. I'm like the opposite. I can read like really fast and efficiently, mm, but I, I need to slow down. I'm I won't literally the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. If I can get the information in, I can process quickly. It's just, I have, I have trouble. I'm, I'm a r- fairly slow reader, you know, yeah. just in general. So when I have that, I'm like, ah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I talk fast. I read fast and I, my mouth moves faster than my brain does. And my eyeballs move faster than my brain does That's too. That's funny. Yeah. Which, you know, so I'm really dumb, even though I can read fast. So that's kind of the <laughs> conclusion that I've arrived at. <laughs> that's funny. But I'm I'm interested. And, th- and those are two uh, for our faithful two listeners. You know, those are two good books for yeah, you. Yeah, if you want to, I'm going to buy it today. Uh, reading Romans. Yeah. I've been looking for an excuse and I think this is the excuse that I need. And a neat thing, too, is uh, you can get the New Testament for everyone. That's mm-hmm. a whole series that N.T. Wright did. Um, is that his translation of the New Testament? I don't think so. I, I mean, know it he seems like a devotional. I, I think it it seems like a, a devotional yeah. where um, you know it's just a nice companion to to reading. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to pick that one up today and dive into that a little bit. I mean, yeah. it looked like a short read, um, so I, don't, I I might just get through that quick, um, yeah. and, and see what that's like. But um, but yeah, I don't. Th- I think the Scott McKnight book is is sizable. Yeah, it probably which is. is right up his alley. <laughs> right, he does write yeah. some. Some real, uh, real thick volumes. A lot of, but that's a prime example of. (laughs) That's a prime example. You mean like it's trash or just sit by no, just by the fire. (laughs) Well, (laughs) not trash, but just in a sense that it would make a good piece of firewood because of how thick it is. Um, But that's a prime example of someone who, you know, there's things that I disagree with. Yeah, in his outcomes for sure. Uh, Not that I would argue with him if he was sitting here. I absolutely wouldn't. Um, but uh, he'd be like, "Please tell me, tell me what your PhD is in." Again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tell me, tell me what ground. I have seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many. I don't know if he has one at all. I think he does. Yeah. But anyway, the the point is, is uh, just a different perspective. 
Um, even if you come out with those different perspectives, oh my goodness, I learned so much when I listen yeah. to him and, and read uh, his book. So yeah, he's anyway. indeed a, a gift to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so read those with us. We're going to read those together. Yeah, uh, probably at varying speeds. I'll probably still be in the third chapter by the time he finishes the series, <laughs> uh, because I overbuy books and then I read like you know in all of them and I never finish any of them. That's kind of how I go. Is, but I don't want to do that because I really like to complete things. But I'm like, oh, that looks so good. I have to read that. Yeah. And I'm like, but I have to jump back over here. But I have to, you know. So it, just, it never works out. Squirrel. Um, but let's jump into some content here. Yeah. So we're you introduced the message. Uh, I would say 75 to 80% mm-hmm. of the message was just kind of of an intro to the life of Paul. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, you can't overstate just how powerful of a testimony he has. And how influential he is in the early church. I mean, he just takes over the book of Acts, like from chapter, really from chapter, yeah. end of chapter eight forward. Like it's it's pretty much all about Paul. Yeah. Um, well, no, there's still some Peter in there. But, uh, t- chapter twelve, there is Acts twelve. I would say forward is is all isn't nine all Paul. Cornelius though. Well, nine is uh so eight is is Saul's knocked off the horse, I believe. But it, I think after or no that no no is nine is his conversion, and then no I think Cornelius is I think eight is his conversion. Yeah. Maybe it's it's either but the I think end Cornelius of Cornelius is like the story that's dropped in after Paul's conversion, right? And yeah, then it's and then Paul, yeah. which is important because Cornelius is like the first like yeah uh, that gentile moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it shows that tension, right? And the then the fact that there. someone else is clearly going to have to yeah. pick up the ball and run with mm-hmm. it, even though he he saw it and and it was a neat moment. Right. It just was pretty clear that that wasn't Peter's calling. <laughs> no. And Paul, you know, years later, I withstood him to the face yeah. because he still got issues with the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, it's true. Yeah. But it was, uh, boy, what a powerful testimony. And I've always kind of felt like the book of Acts is like the Avengers movie. Mm. And Paul has like 13 solo films. That's Iron Man 1 through 13. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's how I look at it. That's how I understand it. But, um, you know. That's because I have horrible taste in movies and only watch Marvel and Star Wars. I so. mean, same. Except, well, and I pretty much every Wars. other Ryan Reynolds movie because I love him. He's funny. Have you watched the new Netflix movie that he's in? Is that um, what's that called? Is it called? Uh, it, I don't know. Project. Yes, Adam. The Pro- Adam, Project. Adam Project. Yeah, have you I seen haven't that? seen it. Is it good? I just I saw some reviews on it that said it was really good. I've heard good things, but I've not watched it, and I want to watch it. I did watch. Um, it was probably a week ago. My wife wasn't into it. She kind of sat through it, uh, but it was called Free Guy, and it was his movie. Mm. And I didn't know what it was going to be about, but it's like he's. Uh, is that on Disney Plus? Yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. Um, so you could watch it on my Disney Plus. <laughs> I already finished it. Thanks for um, that login. <laughs> Um, but it was good. Shout out to all of you that share logins. Right. Yeah. All you, you, Hey, listen, not all heroes wear capes. Okay. You you know who you are. Yeah. You know, and, (laughs) and you also know who you are if you're the one mooching. That's right. Yeah. At least Um, pay for one. Yeah. At least pay for one of all those shared subscriptions. Yeah. I feel like that's the moral thing to do. So if you have a takeaway, that's that's your takeaway from the podcast right there. Sure. At least pay for some of your entertainment. Yeah. That's right. Um, but no, it's neat because he's like an NPC in a video game. Mm. Is like these people create this game and their AI is so good that he like he becomes conscious and like goes oh beyond goodness. his programming. <laughs> and so it's like it's it's really 
uh, thought-provoking, yeah. you know, because I yeah. feel like we're, like, almost there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be, like, it's way ahead of its not really. It could right. happen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, and Technology it's almost, like. Technology is crazy, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty, um, and I would say it's not a raunchy film either. So if you want to go watch it, I would encourage you to watch it. It's a pretty good watch. You know what's um, funny, though? I can't remember specifically, though. So watch it with your significant other before you watch it with the kids, but it's pretty good. Yeah. So this is just a random thought I had. Hit, hit. We're just conversing. Yeah. Fast forward if you want the good stuff, <laughs> but we're just conversing. And, and maybe it's, and I'm not one to like know everything about social media and what's happening, but it's like the, the metaverse thing. It's like there are things that come out that you're like, wow, that's incredible tech, right? Yeah. And then there are things that come out that you're like, this could have come out 20 years ago and it sucks. <laughs> and and I feel like looking at meta, the metaverse, I'm like, this looks like the Wii. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like me characters. You know, the Life life Church has a campus in the metaverse. I saw that. And I'm like, <laughs> this is dumb. Like, I just think it's so stupid. I think it was premature, honestly. <laughs> on their Not end. even premature. Like, this is like something that should have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. I just think it's weird. And maybe I don't get it or understand the premise. And, and I'm totally fine with that if you tell me, like, yeah, Matt, you're an idiot. It's way ahead of its time. Sure, great. But at face value, I'm I'm more of a, I think design is very important, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm big into design just yeah. in general and how things, how I perceive things, and how it makes me feel. Uh, and when I first saw it, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even like it doesn't even look like an immersive no thing. Like I've you know, it's like it's like okay, here's here's a new way for you to interact in Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like okay, we're gonna walk through this, and it's yeah. gonna be the world now. It's like no, it's weird. That's dumb. Yeah, you know? honestly though, I hope it fails in its current form because I just feel like you know, unplug or plugging in rather like yeah. from reality is yeah, just man. uh you know straying further and it's further away look. from legitimate human relationships. Right, it's just not a good step. I'm trying to figure out how to do less with this. Yeah, you know, not more. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. I think technology has its place, and I think it's very useful tools. I mean, in the church world, I mean, technology has it's allowed everything. us to. It's everything. Yeah, yeah but there's it's a not, line. but it is. You know, right? There's a line. You know. Yeah. Um. But I, I I read an article yesterday. It seems like the popularity of NFTs, mm-hmm. like cryptocurrency and the metaverse, are just like on a pretty steep decline. That's good. Um. And I'm sure there it's are good to hear. other. <laughs> it is good to hear. <laughs> and whether that's factual or whether that's just their spin, I didn't. I yeah. didn't read much of the article, but I was like, "That's pretty, pretty good." Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice to see Facebook end up in the the graveyard of tech companies, you in know? the metaverse, yeah, or whatever. Meta, what? so weird. They call themselves Meta, but <laughs> no, I'm still, saying they need to end up in their garbage. Yeah, the metaverse needs to it needs to eat itself. Eat yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> done. See ya. <laughs> Appreciate that. Wasn't a sound effect. That was real. Yep. Um. I anyway, just, I, the made it, the metaverse just ate itself and burped. <laughs> right. That's what just happened. Yep. You heard it here first. We just <laughs> prophesied. This is what prophecy speak looks like it, in 2022. That's right. Um, and I offer prophecies for $20. So you can, uh, yeah. anytime you can get a prophecy, just yeah. send me a DM. And Spoiler alert, you will breathe today. <laughs> and that's $20, yeah. all of And you. if you don't, you won't be around to claim a refund. All so. the donations go directly to a, a building fund for mm-hmm. our future editions. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We'll prophesy all day long, whatever you need. Yeah, whatever you need. Just <laughs> Skype in if Skype is still around. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Sorry. No, no, that's good. I'm that's like good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, you want to talk about the metaverse? It's, so <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but no, the, the life of Paul, though, I mean, the guy, you know, just we were on just 
Yeah. Axe is the Avengers and Paul is the well, know, I solo think films. So I'm I'm you know, wrote the message and I was rec- going through the scripture and and you know, kind of like dissecting the first couple verses which are amazing, just the first few verses. Yeah. And the thesis statement for it is verse 16 and 17 for chapter one, the whole, for the whole book. And then most people agree, most scholars agree that that's the thesis statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll get there Sunday. Um, but for me, I'm like, man, this is so impactful. These verses, Paul, a servant of mm. Jesus Christ. Right. And understanding like what is, what does that mean? What are the implications of him ens- enslaving himself, you mm-hmm. know, to this being set apart, you know, being uh, now a brand, if we said it in 2022 language, right? Paul now a brand ambassador yeah, for the gospel of God. Like, what are the implications of that? Well, they're incredible. And and for me, it was like, I, I realized like this is so meaningful to me because of all the reading and collecting that I've done through the years about Paul. And nothing's like super fresh. Uh, other than the <laughs> a fresh perspective, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, the new perspective, um, Paul. But I think for me, like listening to to um, you know that you know the biography from N.T. Wright on him, not the new perspective, but just the the biography and um, hearing you know who he was and that conversion in and of itself is it is it was it was and is miraculous. Your conversion is miraculous. Every conversion is a miraculous conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to our story, when it comes to our testimony, that's what we have. And uh, when something alive, like the Word of God, transforms another alive human being, um, that is something that is a work that is undeniable. And so uh, on top of that, the many layers of a miraculous conversion that we see in Paul is the fact that he was the exact opposite before salvation. He yeah. was on the total polar opposite end of the team. And so uh, his livelihood, his experience, um, you know, his allegiances were all, you know, against the church of God. He was completely on the other end of the spectrum. And to see what his conversion meant for the church and how the Lord elected him to carry that gospel to Gentiles similar to the way Israel was elect to carry. They were the elected one to carry the gospel to the world through mm-hmm. the covenant of Abraham. Um, and I think that language is probably more um, around how I view election, but um, it, it's so miraculous. And so I just wanted to kind of sit in that. And after I had already wrote the message, I was like, wait a minute, I can't just bring this message and jump in right here. Like I have to give a little backstory yeah. uh, to who Paul was. And I'm glad I did at this point um, because I feel like we've laid some groundwork. We know who this guy is that's writing this book from a perspective of a new believer, even jumping in with us. And I know, and I was thinking about uh, one couple in particular who's in starting point that they're just so brand new, you know, and I thought, how would they receive this? Uh, Habakkuk was their first series ever, yeah. right? And they trusted Jesus and they're becoming Christ followers. And I thought, how would they receive this study? Well, they're going to need a little background. If mm-hmm. I was to sit, if I were to sit down with this couple and we were going to study the book of Romans together, um, I would give them those backgrounds. Yeah. You would want them to know about Paul. Yeah. So anyway, that's why we did what we did. Uh, and so we kind of, you know, took us a, a few steps back, got a running start to jump into it and we made it in. 
Yeah. Uh, just the first first few verses there. Yeah, it's really good. And I think that there's just a couple of really good takeaways from that whole piece. And one of the things that I wrote down was uh, Paul's greatest apologetic was himself and his testimony. And I think sometimes, you know, and if you're watching. And Did I say that? Or no? No, I just, I, I just mean, wrote it. I mean, you more or less, you know, it was in what you were saying. Yeah. But I just kind of encapsulated it that well way. Well done. I tried. Um, well <laughs> that should have been one of your points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but I feel like sometimes we feel so pressured, um, especially you guys have been talking about evangelism a lot in small groups. Yeah. And I feel like we feel so pressured to talk about, you know, evolution versus creation or wh what verses should I share with mm -hmm. somebody uh, to share the gospel with them? Will I say the wrong things? And the, the real thing that we should be trying to communicate and really thinking about is like, what has Jesus done in your life? Yeah. Who were you pre-Jesus, and who were you now because of who he is? Because nobody, and you did say this, nobody can argue with a radically changed life. Right. You know, you can't explain that away with anything. Right. You know, and so whatever, you know, wherever you are on the on the spectrum of, you know, science and, and, and how to share your faith, like, just know that the most powerful weapon in your arsenal for sharing Jesus with others is what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. That's the bottom line. You know, you don't have to have all the right answers. You just have to be like, hey, listen... I'm, you know, I don't know all the specifics and, you know, but I just, I want you to know that what Jesus has done for me, you know, he can do for you too. Mm. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. It that's is. the apologetic. And I think we overlook that. Yeah. We're less concerned about how the Lord is working in our lives. And we're more concerned about information that we can gather to convince somebody else's intellect to convert. Yeah. Not a heart conversion, a head conversion. Yeah. And when you think about evangelism and along that along those lines you know when you tell someone that you feel a certain kind of way uh, that's always a, a, a good rule of thumb and how to uh, deal in relationships you know when you tell other people how they should feel about something mm -hmm. like that's a mistake and generally it doesn't go well yeah but when you say I feel like for instance if you're you know engaged in a, a marital spat or what, what is if you're a parent you probably watch bluey right uh, what do they call it on Bluey? Have you not watched I've Bluey not watched yet? Come on, man. So I watch Frozen seven times a day. Part of being a parent <laughs> is helping guide your children to good resources, right? Yeah. And so you need to put Bluey on when she yeah. says Frozen or Elsa. I do like the Bluey theme song, though. It's catchy. <laughs> right. But next time she asks for it, put something else on like Bluey yeah. and just be like, here, try this. Yeah. She'd be like, no. Like, just try it one episode <laughs> just try it you like it uh but they call it squabbling you know their their mother and father their uh they were <laughs> mom squabbling. and dad are scrabbling together <laughs> yeah <laughs> not like that but yeah they were squabbling <laughs> i'm <laughs> oh boy yeah i get what you're you saying heard it first <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway from from you know that perspective they were talking about fighting and and all that i have no idea where we were going with that oh so Testimonies. in relationships, yeah, um, you know, more than that will create a squabble when, when you tell other people how they should and shouldn't feel. But when you say this is how what you're saying is making me feel, uh, it's not something that they can argue with. And evangelism works the same way. Um, Paul, like that preceded him, how he felt about Jesus Christ. And that's really what this intro in the book is about. I'm a servant to Jesus Christ. This is how the gospel of God has set me apart. This is how this has changed my life. This is who I am now. Uh, and that's front-loaded onto this message, onto yeah. this thesis statement that's coming of what he is not ashamed of. Right. Right. And that's what's amazing about the way this whole thing is set up is that here's a man that's been radically changed and he's letting you know. 
look, if you've been radically changed, let people know how you feel and how it makes you feel. And I guarantee you folks, when they're struggling, when they're like, man, I'm maybe they haven't even said it yet, but internally they're going through some things because if you've been radically changed, if you know what the Holy Spirit does for your life, then you know that those that don't have him, those that are pre Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. they need it too. Cause you know, the emptiness that you have felt that you, those places that you were in, you know? So anyway, I, I just think it's uh it's just a good general practice of it is dealing yeah. in relationships. Yeah, I think so too. And it's, you know, it's, I think it really, Paul's story really sets the stage for how he's going to portray the gospel in Romans. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a big part of it. And I think here's something that's interesting. I read this in the, in the commentary as well um, on like introducing the Romans, like there was uh so I'm just going to read the excerpt and we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess. But, uh, some early traditions make Peter the founder of the Roman church, but this is unlikely, <laughs> uh, probably, which, you know, that, right, that one's for Catholic the Roman church. Catholics, yeah. um, probably Jewish pilgrims from Rome converted through the preaching of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, maybe Peter is the founder of the church in Rome that yeah. kind of turns it, but on not itself, the way they see, but it. not the way that they see it. Right. Um, planted the gospel among the large Jewish population in the capital city. Luke notes in Acts 2.10 that the Jews from Rome were present on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, as in so many other cities, the Jews of Rome did not all embrace this new messianic mm-hmm. teaching. And the historian Suetonius noted that the Roman emperor Claudius uh, expelled all Jews from Rome because they were constantly rioting at the instigation of Crestus. Uh, and that's from Life of Claudius 25-2, right. whatever that is. And what year that was that? It was um, like two years, right, after the after this dissertation with Paul. I believe so. Yeah, yeah it doesn't say it in doesn't this say. excerpt. Yeah, I think that's um, kind of what the histor- in the like historical makeup of this being Paul writing it in AD 57 right. to that population mm-hmm. in Rome. You're looking at a couple years, they dispersed. Yeah. But like how awesome is that, that they had this message, this letter, and then they were dispersed yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, but what I thought was neat about the the whole thing was that Sorry. after... No, 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 that's good. That's good info. Um, th- what I thought was neat about the whole thing was it says the expulsion of the Jews then would have included Jewish Christians, as Luke himself implies when he mentions that it was because of this edict of Claudius that Priscilla and Aquila had come to Corinth. Mm. The leaders of the Corinthian church, like yeah. the Corinthian church was either planted or built up because of persecution in Rome. Hmm. You know, and I think we we need to look at what is happening today in our world through the same lens, China, Ukraine, like all of these areas where the church is experiencing the Middle East, uh, where the church is experiencing hardship, like ultimately what, what is very observable is the church grows under persecution, Mm. you know? And I think that, yes, it's discouraging to see our brothers and sisters being, you know, mistreated and hunted, but ultimately like, you know, what happens under persecution is like, that's like the, uh, (laughs) God's finest hour. You know what I mean? Like he, he is at work in the hearts and minds of, yeah. of people when under persecution yep, that's on true. all fronts. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's just neat to see that like, you know, all of the, the, the hustle and bustle of Rome and they were exiled <laughs> using terms from there last week. Uh, they were exiled from Rome and I believe that they were allowed back in prior to uh, Paul writing Romans. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I think it happened. I, I think that happened post, but post Paul's letter to the Roman yeah. church. Yeah. But with this commentary and there's debate about it, but with this commentary, uh, I think this would take the opposite view because if Aquila and Priscilla came from Rome, from that ex- exile to Corinth, I think that that would be in opposition to some of the things I've read based on the fact that I think Paul wrote it from Corinth. He um, wrote the letter from Corinth I think, to the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be a little, um, yeah, a, a little bit of gray there, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's neither here nor there. We see yeah. the way that it's the way that it's structured to to the Jewish population. Probably around fifty thousand, I think, is is some of the research I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a, a large population. large Jewish population. Um, yeah. But anyway, no, it, it's cool. I just thought it was neat to see the trail of like from Pentecost, you know, to Rome, to yeah, Corinth, absolutely. and then you know wherever else it's splintered from for I, the whole known world. Yeah, and know? we kind of talked about that a little bit. I don't know how I got on that track, but you know, I alluded to Babel and then Pentecost, and yeah, it's um, a reversal. Yeah, and and the fact that that's that's what's happening and we could see even peter spearheading that movement at pentecost but uh the lord identifying paul as really the agent to to ramp that up mm-hmm. you know to yeah. enable um you know and, and it could only come from someone that was like persecuting the church someone that was on the opposite end for that miracle really to stand out that supernatural aspect yeah and the lord uses anybody you know but i, I think for me it's like when I study Paul and what he was doing, I think that that's really where a lot of the weight comes in for me, where he talks about himself being the chiefest of sinners. Yeah. Um, and a lot, I've heard a lot of pastors talk about how he was a really good guy and I'm, I'm just like, no, not really. Yeah. Yeah. And and how that doesn't, how I I know I've heard many a sermon where it's like, you know, if Paul, who was a, an apostle and a pastor felt that way, you know, (laughs) Yeah. To me, it's, it's like very backwards. It is like you're missing the point. You're missing the context uh, of what makes this story so rich. You yeah. Know? And it's not that he wasn't religious. He was absolutely religious. But I think when we all say to ourselves like an Islamic extremist and coming from, you know, someone who was affected by 9-11 and that war, right, for years and years and years. And we just left Afghanistan this year. Right. Um, so. For me, growing up in my in my time and a, a millennial, um, that word Islamic extremist, I remember seeing videos as a teenager and as a young adult of them beheading Christians, right? Yeah. Like those were a thing. Those were on YouTube, right? Where these guys are very religious and they were doing very horrible things, right? That is a better picture of who Paul, in my opinion, yeah. of who Paul was. Uh, he was the extremist. He was the uh, Islamic extremist of our day, persecuting Christians. Right? That would that would have been a, a better picture of who he was. And we condemn and we say those guys are horrible. Can you imagine? That's the guy that that we're we received our faith from. Right. It was handed Literally. down from someone like if someone like that was converted, uh, we would be like, this was a miraculous conversion uh-huh. for them to go against family and and friends and faith and all that and and see it from a different perspective not that they weren't people of faith before um but they were wrong right and he they are wrong and he was wrong and you know he was converted miraculously so that's just the real context in the picture yeah that you know i'm trying to paint here of that's who this guy was it brings a lot of weight to the picture and when you think about i mean you know within however many days after you know when somebody met Saul of Tarsus and you knew what he was doing what he was about his reputation and he you know Saul of Tarsus is now a Jesus follower you're like whoa what yeah I even got emotional Sunday during the message talking about Ananias's response to I felt it man I mean it was like yeah I wrote that down you know the the fact that you know after all of that Ananias his first response is like brother Saul it's like dude that's weighty that is weighty so weighty and and we cause divisions over so 
so much less. Yep, squabbling, squabbling. Yeah, yeah it's man. so sad. But I mean, I was just like, wow, that's a. When you put all of that behind it, and then that, it's like, yeah, it's, it is it's powerful. It's real. You know, it becomes real from that perspective where he could not deny in a vision the Lord coming to him. You know, Saul in a vision being led to him. The connection between the two, and then them being brothers at that point. It's just. Oh it's my It's so goodness. rich. It, it is. really is. There's, it's there's rich so many things there. Yeah. You know, we you could have preached just a, a whole message on just that. Yeah. Like for, for sure. sure. Um, <laughs> and we just may tune in next week and find out. <laughs> uh, but I think that there's, uh, there's so much value. And we even talked about this. I think Martin Luther, I was, I was telling a former Lutheran uh, this on Sunday, you know, they're saying, well, I'm Lutheran come from that perspective. I was like, you know, it's funny. Martin Luther was one of the ones who was quoted uh, during the Reformation, during the Reformation, that uh, the Book of Romans is the most important literary work for the church, yeah. um, and I agree with that, mm-hmm. on, and many things that he said. Um, uh, so you know, it's just so important for the church, and mm-hmm. I think that we're going to benefit so much from it. Yeah, I'm really excited. And the one of the last things I wrote down here, it's just neat, and I'm sure it's in. I'm sure you read up, and and but the contrast between like, uh, you know, like. Caesar Caesar also had a gospel of peace, mm. you know the Pax Romana, mm. and the the right out of the gate in uh, in Romans one, Paul, you know, peace through God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the peace the peace of the gospel the gospel of peace that Paul was offering was very different very. than the peace that you know Rome was was offering. Yeah, you know, basically like you know going to a <laughs> a village and being like, hey. Guess what? The peace of Rome is here. Everybody bow down, okay? Yeah. You know, and we won't kill you. You know, that was Caesar's peace, but you know, Jesus brings a very different kind of uh, kind mm. of peace and kind of good news yeah. uh, into our lives. Yeah. You know, so true. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good that's point. good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, buckle up and uh, get ready for the the ride of Romans. Yeah. You know, the, the ride the, of Romans. The Romans road. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good. Yeah. And I'm just I'm really looking forward to it for my own personal study. You know, there's gonna be weeks of just you know utter chaos. Like, where does this fit in? I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it's a personal thing walking through this book and. You know, I don't. I have no idea how many times I've read through the Book of Romans through the years. I don't. I have no clue. Um, you know, but this one's just hitting differently. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that it's um, it's just something. Uh, it's the timing where we are in this season of our of our church, where we are in this season of of Christianity, the Big C Church in the world, mm-hmm. um, and this message of the gospel. It's coming through loud and clear, and and it's just it's so good. Uh, I, I'll say this, the one, and, and I'm not getting into a lot of what I didn't get to because I'm just going to pick up where I left off this coming Sunday yeah. uh, in my outline. But, uh, you know, the, I think one thing that that uh, stood out to me where Paul said, I, it's, I'm set apart for the gospel. Uh, the word boundaries on that, you know, the Greek word, you know, it's, it's in my notes, but there's a connotation of, of, of boundaries, you know, that Paul is saying the, the boundaries that I am living by now are the gospel of God. And where would we be as a church? Where would you be as, as a husband, as a wife, as a child, right? As a son, as a daughter, as a, as a coworker, an employee, an employer, whatever the Lord has for you, wherever, uh, whatever season you're in, whatever place you're walking through, where would you be if the boundaries were established of the gospel? 
if the message of the good news, if the message of the young Gillian, the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ was our sidelines and our end zone, you know, where would we be? How would that dictate your path today differently um, than before? And I think that if, if anything, the book of Romans hopefully is going to draw clear boundaries, clear lines where we can say, here's where the gospel uh, begins and ends. And anything beyond that, we can kind of uh, leave that for another time, leave that for someone else. This is where we're going to stay. Um, how many things do we engage in that are off the field, you know, that really are taking away from your emotional and physical energy um, as to what God is trying to use you to add to his kingdom? Um, and or what are things that you're doing in your life that you're doing through your own power, working on your own field rather than being in the boundaries of the gospel? It brings such clarity. It brings such significance even to the most mundane tasks. Even just to the, the most simplest of things, if doing it in the context on the field of the gospel, uh, man, it brings such weight and it brings such clarity to, to our lives. And so as we you know, go down this path, down this road, on this journey together, um, think of it as visualize uh, the lines are being drawn. Before the football teams come, before they show up, before the game is played, uh, first, the preparation has to be put into the correct boundaries mm-hmm. and going to the playbook and saying, OK, it's this is the width. These are where the hash marks are. Um, this is a clear win. This is a loss. This is the boundaries, the guidelines. And so uh, as we begin to read this book, what Paul is saying, I'm what I'm putting out for you, what I'm what I'm sharing with you are my boundaries. This book shows where I live now. Um, and um, we're going to get to that that thesis statement this week, and I'm excited about it. Buckle up. Yup. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will see you Sunday and uh, next week for yeah. the podcast. Yeah. God bless you. Like and subscribe. Share with your friends. We'll see you later. God bless Have you a less. wonderful day. <laughs>